0: David is not on yet. David is here, and uh, and the next generation of castles on as well. But David has not arrived yet. He had a hard time getting on yesterday. I know what it was. Had, had a hard time getting on the screen yesterday. That's true. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So yesterday we began learning the meaning of of Torah as inheritance two days ago we learned about torah as a payment how the effort that's needed to uh study torah and how commensurate to our effort there is there is gain in knowledge in torah not just knowledge in torah but that um but more than just the knowledge in torah there is a uh not just a distraction to the eight Sahara, but uh, this the Torah study gives power to the godly soul and weakens the animal soul and yesterday we learned about the second element in Torah Torah's inheritance that through Torah we're able to inherit the godly sparks that have fallen into all the physical things and that's the reason why Hashem has exiled us uh, I'm really really sorry Are you looking for another mitzvah Could you looking for some shots? Uh, thanks so much so so even though, um, um, even though uh, Hashem has sent us to all nations around the world, um, and it seems like it's a, um, a difficult thing, and it's it's why do you scatter us? But the truth is that the world cannot exist without the the various directions of north, south, east, and west, says the Talmud, and so too can the world not exist without the Jewish people. The word world also means concealment. The purpose of the concealment is that we should remove the concealment. And how do we remove the concealment is through the study of Torah. Torah illuminates the various places that we are in the world. And that's how we're able to extract the godly sparks wherever we are. So the world, the concealment, cannot exist without the Jewish people. The whole reason Hashem concealed Himself is in order that we should look for Him and the way we find him is through the study of Terra. Terra illuminates wherever we are. And uh, this is going to help us understand the next section of the Mimer, where we read the verse Hashem says, and we thought Dr. Bresman, he's not a leader for the Minion. I think they got another guy. This opens in the next next part of the discourse. In the next part of the discourse, the previous Rabbit discusses the verse, and you'll eat all the nations. So what does that mean? You'll eat all the nations. So people are, aren't meant to be eaten. So what, what does that mean? So it begins to explain that it does not make sense at first why a person needs to eat food to sustain himself. Food comes from vegetation. Food comes from animals. And a human being is from a higher level than the vegetation and the animals, why do we need to resort to the godly sparks that are in the physical uh, animals and, and uh, plants and uh, when we have a higher source than when we have also godly sparks? And the answer is precisely that, that the godly sparks that have fallen into the vegetation and into the animals has a higher source than the godly, so- than the godly source of man. And therefore, in order to nourish ourselves, we have to have the energy of the animals and the energy of vegetation. And by using these things that Hashem has given us, and making a bracha before we eat them, and after we eat them, and using them out for holiness, through this we're able to elevate all the physical things in the world. How to use them for holiness? So we discussed a couple of things. Number one is that when you feed your family, that is an action that, although it's something that's expected, but you, you have to know what you're doing. You're doing an act of kindness. And especially if you educate your family to keep terimitzis, you're, you're using that money, that, that you're using your business and all the physical things in your life for the sake of mitzvah. You're, you're making mitzvahs happen through your business. And more specifically, we started talking about giving tzedakah. Still, that them that he's not needed for the meeting. Thank you. If, if he's not, um, so besides giving stucca, um every person according to their level, and some people give tsukah more than they're able to give. Uh, as we were about to discuss now, the uh, are, you, are, you, are they good without you? They, they, they're good without him, right? Yes, they have, they have 10. Okay, good. Thank you very much, Thank you. Okay. Shoo. One a day. Okay. I can breathe again. Chaim, Chaim. Okay. We're talking about using the physical things that Hashem has given us for the sake of holiness and using it out for educating your family, using it for supporting your family, using it for stock-up and how people extract the godly sparks and the physical things in their life by using those things for tztaka. Specifically regarding staka, we're going to discuss the, the, uh, the passage in Yirmiyahu, sorry, the passage of our sages. <speaking in Hebrew> it says, It's greater someone who lends money than someone who gives staka, and someone who puts into a general fund is greater than all of them. What does this mean? We learned yesterday that there's a special um, gift, a special blessing for someone who lends money to someone at a time when the person is having difficulty. And there's a deeper meaning to this. Not when the person you're lending has difficulty. There's a greater blessing when you're lending someone to when you're lending money to someone else when you're having difficulty. And when you do that, as Shetzes Naposik in Yeshayah chapter fifty-eight, verse nine, Oz Tikav Hashem Yane. When you do that, when you lend money to someone and it's not easier for you, then you will call out to God and God will answer you. To Shavu you will cry out and God will say, Here I am. Okay. The reason why the lender is having a hard time is because of the exile. The Be'emes, there's another book over here somewhere, oh, right, right there on the third, fourth shelf. The Be'emes are called Yisrael. The truth is that all the Jewish people should be comfortable. There should be abundance in the physical sense as well. And that's the way it was in the time of Solomon. Not that one. This one. The of, of fourth shelf. For you. for you. For you. If you want, if you want to call along. Move to the... Move. Yeah. Page 351. So it's in the time of Solomon it says that everyone had Abundance everyone was had their vig, <coughs> their their uh, vineyard and their fig tree. <speaking in Hebrew> the reason why things are difficult for the lender or for the borrower is because of the exile. <speaking in> but <Hebrew> what do we say? What's the point that Hashem has scattered us throughout the, the the world? It's in order for us to illuminate the darkness of the world. <speaking in Hebrew> By our efforts and Torah, by efforts and prayer, by berudim, and when the Jew knows that this is the point, and he is involved in elevating the physical things that in his life, then he elevates the spark. When a person does business honestly, not just not just honestly, but he uses out the things in his life for the sake of holiness, and he elevates the godly sparks. In the physical things in his life, that's a high level. It says in the Gemara, Greater is someone who benefits from their efforts than someone who is who has reverence for Hashem. In other words, working and earning an honest, honest living has a higher value than reverence for Hashem. Why? It says, uh, by the work of your hands you shall eat it is fortunate for you and it is good for you so the words and it's good for you is something the torah says only about working it doesn't say that about reverence for hashem it says it's good for you when you work and you have and you're earning by the by the work of your hands it's known that when the jewish people are involved in this world in elevating the sparks by doing business honestly, and using out the physical things in their life for holiness, they accomplish something similar to the song of the angels. The song and the music of the angels has a parallel in us in this world working with the physical things in our life and using them for holiness. The divine origin of the renewal for creation every moment is, co- is from the highest sphere, it's a chain. Chochma goes, it's like, uh, just like in the, in, in the body there's a chain. So too in the spiritual cosmos there's a chain between one sphere and the next. This chain begins in the first spheres of chachamina, Chochma next to Bina, Bina next to Das. And that's how the, um, the divine energy reaches this world. So by a person using out the godly energy in his life for Hashem's purposes, what he accomplishes is that he accomplishes a renewal in the godly energy that flows from Chacham Bina. And that's what the Gemara means when it says it's greater to have benefit from the work of your own hands than it is to have fear of heaven. Why? It says fear of heaven... When the Gemara uses the expression fear of heaven, it's talking about what in the Hasidic lexicon is known as yir tata, the lower form of fear. Lower form of fear, as discussed in Tanya, is the fear the person achieves by thinking about the greatness of Hashem in creation and how the divine origin of everything in the world and feeling Hashem's presence and accepting upon yourself the yoke of heaven when you elevate the physical and bring it to the physical to the spiritual you're not just connecting to the to the same place as fear of heaven does fear of heaven means that you're thinking about the energy of Hashem shaman creation where does the energy of Hashem shaman creation come from? from the ten utterances where are the ten utterances? ten utterances are in the sphere of Malchus Malchus is the source for creation. That's where God's ten utterances are. The higher form of fear is is feeling the greatness of Hashem beyond creation. That's a ha'iri law. So, the renewal of creation that you are achieving by using the physical things in your life for holiness, it seems to also reach the same place that fear of heaven does. Because renewal of creation... Is also in the same sphere of malchus. Fear of heaven is in the sphere of malchus. So your 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 reverence for Hashem is, is stemming from your appreciation for God's vivifying energy of the sphere of malchus, and your renewal of creation by elevating the sparks is also in the sphere of malchus. However, the Rebbe says that there's an advantage in in elevating the sparks that surpasses fear of heaven. In order for Malchus to be able to have the power to renew creation, Malchus doesn't have that power intrinsically. Malchus only has that power because of the source of Malchus. It says that the original intent of someone is seen in their final action. So Hashem's final action, so to speak, in the creation of the world, in the sphere of Malchus, that originates from Kesed, that originates from God's desire for creation. So Malchus and Keser are related. The beginning is wedged in the end, and the end is wedged in the beginning. So, although it's true that uh, renewal of creation happens in the sphere of Malchus, but Malchus has a higher source. And when you elevate sparks, you're not only connecting to Malchus, we are also connecting to the source of Malchus, and causing a renewal of energy in the entire spiritual cosmos, not only in Malchus, but in the sphere of Kesser, in God's desire for creation. That's the meaning of the of the words in the Torah. What, in, is, 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 uh, the desire? what moves the desire? Or, what level is desire? No. Keser. What moves it? What moves it? Our efforts in elving the sparks ah. of holiness. That look at the last line of the page. That will help us understand the verse. You'll consume all nations. You'll eat all nations. We asked, what does that mean? you are gonna eat the nations. What did? The Rebbe actually once spoke about how uh, the Jewish people. Our, in, when other nations were cannibals God was telling us don't attack other nations don't only, only conquer the land of Israel which belongs to you and I was just, 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 just highlighting at the time how um, advanced the Torah was for its time when the Torah was given anyways so what does the Torah mean when it says you should eat the nations we're not cannibals what it means is to elevate the sparks that have fallen because of the shattering of the vessels. It says that there are kings that reigned in the land of Israel before there were Jewish kings, and those kings represent the again as we learned yesterday the seven spheres, the seven kings of the lower parts of the world of chaos. So the seven kings, the explosion of the seven kings, the explosion of the seven spheres, which results in the sparks of holiness falling to the. To the all physical things in this world, there is a reversal of that. There is an inheritance of those sparks by us using those things for the sake of Hashem. So that's the meaning of, you should eat all nations, you should consume all nations. What that means is you should elevate the sparks in all the physical things in your life. What's the emphasis of the word inheritance? We get the sparks. But why are we using the word inheritance? What does that word give us? Why... We could say we, we receive the sparks, we, we take the sparks. What's the emphasis of the word inheritance? When you inherit something, Halacha looks at the inher- at, at the one who bequeathed the inheritance, and the one who received the inheritance as equals. So that the debts that the one who bequeathed inheritance has are are fully upon the shoulders of the one who receives the inheritance. There is no change in the status of the obligation. It's not like in other instances the Torah talks about when you acquire possessions and then you sell them and the question is now, now you have creditors. Do the creditors come to you first? Do the creditors come to the one who bought the property first? And regarding inheritance... The in, the one who receives inheritance is exactly in the same is in the same status as the one who passed away. As the says, "You will inherit." When the Torah talks about conquering the land of Israel, it says, "You will inherit them, and you will live in their place." Which means that the one who received the inheritance is in the, in the same exact status as one who bequeathed inheritance. What does that mean spiritually? We are going to receive these godly sparks from the other nations. But where are we going to put them? are going to put them into the wide vessels of, this, of the world of perfection, the world of Atzilus. The difference between the world of Atzilus and the world of chaos is in the world of Atzillus, there's also godly light, there's also intense godly energy. But in the world of Atzillus, they're, they're, the vessels of the world of atsilas are able to handle the intense godly light. The vessels are stronger than the light. It's kind of like your body needs to be stronger than any kind of inspiration you have. You're, you can't have that. If, you have, if your inspiration is stronger than your body, it's going to make you go crazy. It's going to make you uh, uh, have a breakdown. If, you're, if your inspiration is something that, that's overwhelming, uh, then it's, it's not healthy. The body has to be stronger than the soul. The vessels have to be stronger than the lights. That's what's unique in, when it says in, in about the world of Atzillus that they are wide vessels. Wide means that they're not just able to handle the lights and there's some kind of tug of water there, but they're wide. They're f- able to fully absorb them and limit them and crystallize them and bring them down. Unlike in the world of, of chaos, the lights are stronger than the vessels. The, in, the, 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 the divine yearning of the spheres, of the world of chaos, is more intense than their vessels. Kind of like a person whose soul is, is uh, wants to leave his body or he, he wants to do things that challenge his health. So the goal is that we should have these intense lights, but these intense lights should somehow be channeled into the broad vessels of the world of Atzilus. We should have the strong vessels and the strong lights. That's the um, goal. So that's the meaning of inheriting the lights then not only do we have the lights of chaos through elevating the sparks we're able to channel those lights into the world of perfection where the vessels are stronger than the lights you got it? yeah the toyu and tikkun the difference between them is in toyu the lights are intense and the vessels are small meaning they're not able they're weaker than the lights In the world of Atzillus, the vessels are large, meaning they're stronger than the lights. Lights are weaker. So the goal is to have strong lights, intense lights, and intense vessels. The reason why the vessels shattered in the world of chaos was because the vessels were too weak. The meaning of inheritance is that we draw down the intense lights of the world of Atzillus, and we bring them into the wide vessels of the, the world of ATS. This is what I spoke about on the 20th of Nissan about our efforts needed to bring Mashiach. And on the one hand, we have to have the intense inspiration of the, of the lights of chaos. And yet, we have to draw that, those lights of inspiration into practical, practical ideas. It shouldn't be that we're operating, you know, living out of a suitcase. Uh, we have to have practical uh, 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 plans of what we're doing. But it shouldn't be that we're just using those practical things and we're, we're only working with what we have in front of us and not trying to, to uh, go beyond what we have in front of us. One question. Yeah, when you say go from chaos to asilus, chaos corresponds to what tell Tayhu. The world of Tayhu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tayhu is the world of, of chaos. So so we're supposed to bring the intense lights of that world. So what that means is, like for me, that what that means is, I have an inspiration. I want to, um, let's say, we just, we're just right now in middle of our winter camp. So this year I decided, why should winter camp be one week? Let's make winter camp three weeks because uh, because there's three many schools have three weeks off of uh, school. So why, we should give them a full experience. But uh, it's a little bit chaotic kind of idea because it's an in, intense amount of uh, fundraising that's needed. So channeling that to the vessels of, of Atsilos would mean... To have a practical plan, hey, okay, it's a great inspiration you have over there. It's nice. It's great. Get the kids twenty-one. Get the kids a full three-week experience. Now, how are you gonna do that? So, don't borrow the money. Go out and reach out and work hard and, and raise the money so that you could actually do that. So, it's great. It's a good idea. You wanna bring mashiach? Get the kids three weeks of of, of of camp, but bring that into the vessels. You have to have you have to have the money in advance. You have to have, you have to have that uh, all set. Or another friend of mine had this idea of finishing a certain amount of, of Torah books by a certain date. You know the guy? Yeah. And he had this great inspiration. And then and then he uh, decides he's going to cram it all in before January 1st. So it's great to have that inspiration, to challenge yourself, but it's not a great to, uh, to to go sleepless nights for a couple of days because what's going to end up happening is it's going to be the, the lights of, of chaos are going to break the vessels. God okay. forbid. Okay. So 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 that's that's the meaning of in, the, in Torah as inheritance. Torah is it allows us to and guides us to being engaged with the physical world and extract the lights of, of chaos and to use them in a positive way. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk The Torah that Moshe commanded us is inheritance of the community of Yaakov Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who who connects Jewish souls with Torah, and there is a Moshe, an extension of Moshe, says the Zohar, in every generation. So the leader of every generation connects his generation with the Torah. And by through the Torah, he achieves the inheritance of the community of Yaakov. The word Yaakov is made up of two parts. Yaakov is made up of Yud Ekev, Yud Eheel. Even those people who are Heel-like, we're talking about businessmen, people who sit on street corners all day so if they act those people who sit on street corners if they act according to Torah they do business honestly they elevate the sparks that's the meaning of inheritance they inherit the sparks of Tehu and as the Torah says Yaakov was a man of sincerity and he he sat in the tents the word Yaakov again is made up of two words Yud Yaakov takes it the godly light of Yud, of the Surah of Chachm of Atzillos, the the source of Yaakov's soul, is from Atzi, the highest part of Atzilus, the place where the Alt-Rebbe says, there it's revealed that there's nothing besides Hashem. And he brings that revelation to the heel, to his business, to where he is in the street corners, all throughout the six days of the week. So if he sits in the tents, Yaakov is a sincere person who sits in the tents. If he sits in the tents... And he learns Torah. And he puts aside one chapter in the morning that he studies. And one chapter he studies in the evening that allows him, that empowers him to get the godly sparks of the world of chaos. You hear Abzev. That's what the key is over here. You have to have set time to study Torah. And then you're able to extract the sparks. Not just you're engaged with the physical. You have to study Torah every day. The way inheritance works for the nations of the world is not like the way inheritance works for the Jewish people. So, in general it says if someone does not have children you give the inheritance to his brother that's the way it works by our system of inheritance who is the brother of Esau brother of Esau Yaakov, Yaakov is the brother of Esau so Yaakov is inheritor of Esau that means when someone is involved in elevating the sparks and studies Torah at a set time every day and especially someone who has a merit to teach others he is able to inherit the sparks of Tayu that have fallen through the shattering of the vessels. He's able, to get, he's able to get all those sparks. So the key is, first of all, we have a Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, every generation who connects us with Torah. And he, he is the one who empowers us to do both of those things. Toyu Ratziv Alon to study Torah every day. And number two, to in, the inheritance is community, akiv. The inheritance means to be involved in the physical and to extract the Godly sparks in our life. L'chaim, l'chaim, a good Shabbos, good Shabbos.